video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch. Hello, my name is Dustin McClure. I'm here today with Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Kino Video Podcast, (laughs) where we talk about all the new Kino Blu-rays and DVDs. Oh, yeah. We got an 80% list of Kino titles. I mean, it's been a few weeks that they weren't coming (laughs) in. a few weeks, yeah. It's like a build-up, and suddenly the dam bursts, and you're like, holy shit, so many Steve Martin and uh, Patrick Swayze films coming our way. I mean, we should get started right away with those two, which these are the catalog titles, where they're like, oh. we got to release these because that I don't know. We have them. Stone catalog. Yeah, <laughs> Fatherhood, uh, starring Patrick Swayze, and oh, what is the one that stars Steve Martin? A thing? simple twist uh, of fate. I have never heard of either yeah. of these films. A couple times I've mentioned this to a customer too, and they're like, "You mean Leap of Faith, right?" Yeah. No, no, no. A simple twist of fate. Like, <laughs> is Leap of Faith a different Steve Martin yeah, film? Yeah, it's a different Steve Martin film. What? But apparently is good. I haven't seen either. Okay. And A Simple Twist of Fate, not as good? I don't know. They go and look at it, and they're like, I've never heard of this. He, like, <laughs> yeah. he adopts a kid in it. Is it like something. a Bernstein Bear like a universe? It's like a and a baby type cover, but like with one man and Do a you baby think that Steve something? Martin at that point, they're like, he's hot with Parenthood. <laughs> That's the one that he was in. No, no. Father of the Bride uh, yeah, was his. He was in Parenthood. Though, was he? Right? Yeah, yeah. All these like parent-related Steve Martin yeah. films, even though it's Steve Martin's supposed to be the coldest man in the world. <laughs> know, right? They put him with babies. Yeah. Like... They're trying to see what works with him. Exactly. And the Patrick Swayze one, Fatherhood, never heard of this one either. Yeah, I remember. it was one I remember seeing on TV. Mm. I think it was a TBS staple when I was a kid. It's like he's an ex-con or something. <laughs> he's, he's got a daughter. It's some like, you know, it's one of those early 90s Are people like comedies. running in and they're like, you guys got fatherhood in yet? Because I need to watch it on Blu-ray. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I feel like it's the ones that are like at Walmart. Someone's like, oh, yeah, yeah fatherhood. My mom likes that. And a then they like these, pick it up off the shelf. A lot of these before Kino got them were put out by Mill Creek in these like three, four, yeah, pack. pack movies. <laughs> Seriously. I guess like Touchstone or Disney gave them to Mill Creek and they put them out on all these packs and then Mill Creek decided, ah, we don't want to do these anymore. Uh, we need to do an Aspen Extreme update. <laughs> Have any copies sold at the store? No. What? Not even that. one? I, I'm pushing it so hard. I put notes all over it. Like, <laughs> People nobody's don't know. renting it. Nobody's buying it. So Aspen please, Extreme is the, the film that Dumb and Dumber uh, remade in Definitely their version remade. and added more comedy. Tell, watch this movie and tell me it's not a straight remake. <laughs> Maybe it's an Aspen Extreme conspiracy that like, <laughs> the Zucker brothers are like, no one can watch I it. Know, buried it, you know. Yeah. I really, I have met, you know, I have thoughts of them, it you know, re- sitting in an empty theater on like a matinee, <laughs> watching Aspen Extreme by themselves, and being like, "Wow, nobody else is seeing this. We totally got to use this for our next movie." Only uh, Peter Berg and uh, Canada's own <laughs> Paul Gross. Paul Gross is like, oh, "I know the truth. I nobody know, wants to admit it." Uh, and as far as cult stuff goes, we have quite a few things. Most of them released by Kino yeah. as well. A lot of horror stuff, though. They're getting mm-hmm. into the spooky season. And we have End Soon the Darkness, a Robert uh, Foist film about a woman lost in the French country style. It's a Hitchcock style thriller. Yeah. Uh, Robert Foist also directed The Abominable Dr. Fibes. That's yep. probably one of his most famous films. He also adapted a Michael Moorcock novel. Uh, I don't know if you know that author. He did like Elric oh, really? and he did like uh, uh, The Eternal yeah, okay. Champion. Yep. He has this really weird parody James Bond book called um, Jerry Cornelius and yeah. Robert Foist directed, I think it's called The Last Man on Earth, his version. 
Vision. Okay. You yeah, may have seen the trailer. Yeah, it always shows up on yeah. trailer. And it is a bananas film. Like one of those films that could only come out in the, I don't know if it was the 60s or the early 70s, those like Casino Royale tile, oh, yeah, like yeah. silly fests. <laughs> and considering that Michael Moorcock has never had any of his, he's written like 50 books all in super popular. That's like one of the only adaptations that exists. It's okay. so weird. Uh, this film's pretty good though. I remember it's actually like a pretty solid little I had thriller. never heard about it. And like I was looking on Letterboxd and yeah. everybody had watched it. I'm like, did I miss yeah. like people talking about <laughs> well, it? The reason I saw it because they actually remade it, like, mm. I want to say 10 years ago with like Amber Heard. Right, in 2010. Else, yeah, right? I, was, I saw I that. I think Carl Urban was maybe in that. Uh, no, not my, my, my good man, Mr. Anyways, Urban. Yeah, so my I, never, I never saw that one, but I remember it coming in and then seeing it was a remake and then so mm. watching the original. It was actually a pretty solid, like it doesn't, you know, reinvent the wheel or anything, but it's a pretty solid kind of. I heard people down and dirty uh, writing something that I think that all movies should do, which is that if they're in a foreign place and they don't speak the language, yeah. it should not be subtitled. Yeah. But I'm like, but it's French. I understand oh, what they're saying. Know, right? the suspense is gone for me. Yeah. Uh, speaking of France, uh, Baby Blood is coming out. Yeah. This is like I've a splatter this. film that people talk about a lot, and it has never really gotten much of a good release. Not that I. Um, it's famous that in its English dub, the baby who uh, is like speaking psychically with the mom and forcing her to kill people so she can right. drink their blood and feed it is Naturally. voiced by Gary Oldman. What? Yes. <laughs> you did not know that? Did not know that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And I believe the English dub is included. It would be weird if it wasn't. I can admit it didn't do much for me and it stars Beatrice Dallet, who people may know from uh, the French extremist film uh, Inside. Inside who's the killer. Yeah. Oh, I love Inside. That's, That's when people yeah. don't talk about that much because the directors have not made a good film since then. Yeah. <laughs> Leatherface, anybody? Uh, livid. Um, oh, one livid. that wasn't even released in uh, North America. It's like, oh, what is it? It's like yeah, Eyes something. I, I have a copy at home. That one. Yeah, I'd it's like okay. To, is it okay. Yeah, it's I always not, wanted to. Yeah, you want that livid. inside magic, and it does. But if people haven't seen it, they should technically um, check it out. Uh, another horror film from Kino. I mean, there's a lot this uh, yeah. week. Bloody Brood. Oh, well, horror film yeah. or jazz exploitation Bloody thriller. Man. This is an interesting one, though. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't seen it yet. You've seen this, right? Yeah, directed by Julian Hoffman whose, I think his only other feature directorial credit is The Masks, the 3D yeah, one. Not the Jim Carrey one. Film. I know. <laughs> I mean, the Jim Carrey Masks yeah. is also a great film. I mean, but. Julian Rothman, he was like, he's known as like a Canadian director who struggled really hard in Canada. He's one of those guys that like George Romero, he made a lot of industrials and commercials before getting his chance to make The Mask and then The Bloody Brood. And The Bloody Brood is most notable for he says it's the first performance by Peter Falk and that Peter Falk actually kind of like scrubbed the film from his filmography but he gives okay. a very good um, performance in it and in the making of on the Blu-ray and this is like a packed Blu-ray it's a remastered version yeah. that was done by the BFI there's commentary by uh, Paul Korup um, yeah. the Canuxploitation master himself I know. <laughs> and uh, they talk about how like it was really difficult to light Peter Falk because light would reflect on his glass eye all the time yeah. <laughs> and they, like, he, they weren't used to doing that stuff but I'm, I'm glad this movie's finally out because it was one that was always show up on like public domain releases yeah. and like really shitty transfers. So. Well, it's nice to see some like genre leading mm -hmm. Canadian directors get their due. You know? Yeah, that's I right. Mean, I, I mean, thought The Mask was really great when I, even, when I saw that. Even though that the like best sequences of The Mask are not directed by Julian Rothman because he didn't enough, do those uh, 3D, 3D sequences. sequences yeah. are fantastic. But even the whole movie was just a lot of fun to me. You know it's what? got I've... one of the best endings ever. It's like a, that really abrupt sort of <laughs> I've never seen The Mask. Oh, you gotta the watch 3D The 3D version, I know. It's really fun. Yeah. Uh, moving on to more uh, 
um, I guess, classic fare or respectable. Yeah. We have two uh, films directed by Claude uh, Sautet, a French director, Car en Hiver, and Nelly and Monsieur Arnaud. I've mm-hmm. never heard of this director before. I think he's bigger in France mm-hmm. than he is here. He's definitely got uh, a following. Criterion's put out one of his earlier films, oh. Class to Risk, I want to say. Yeah, Class to Risk. I've yeah, heard that title before, yeah. Um, I actually haven't seen any of his films, but I know the... I know his uh, these two in particular are two of his bigger ones, and Nelly and Monsieur Arnaud um, has been a constant. We we had an old DVD mm. that rents all the time. Really, I haven't actually seen it. It's with Emmanuel Biert, I believe. I'm shaking my head because I don't even yeah, know who that right. is. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a big like French he... actress from the '90s. Uh, she was in La Belle Noiseuse. Yeah, and, and yeah, he's Plastic. one of those like '90s French directors, yeah, exactly. like very slick. Even though like, he's got stuff before. Yeah, that, that's I what people like I think people they remember. These two, like a so. Caronivar, is about like a woman who. Can't feel emotion, but needs to play the violin. Yeah, needs to yeah. Tap into those emotions to be able to play the violin. Exactly. That is a very art house, like um, I guess yuppie film yeah, that you'd go like and see. Miramax. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Canada has the red violin. Exactly. That's what like you it know, falls into. Like That's that. what I remember. So, but you know, they've all both of these films have always been popular in <laughs> rentals in the past, and now they're finally on Blu-ray, a remastered DVD. Kino's put really nice sets together. Yeah, there's them, even so. commentaries on it. Yeah. Um, and if you want to keep it classy with those art house <laughs> films, we all. Also have the monster or El, <laughs> El Monstro <laughs> from Robert Benini. Oh I would say almost as good as Charlie Chaplin. It's, <laughs> what happened to Robert Benini? People just don't talk about him anymore. Well, when I first started here, like people like, were, were always they... asking for early Roberto Benini films. No and way. So hard to get. Like Johnny Stacchino is a big one. We always yeah. got asked about this one and a bunch of these other. And there was no distribution for them in, in North nothing. America. There was nothing. Like, They're like, we like, want El Monstro. There was like nothing available by mm-hmm. him. I um, spoke so this... to an Italian exchange student and she's like, you guys don't understand Roberto <laughs> Benini's Pinocchio and how funny it is. It's filled with references. I have a copy of that at home because we sold it off because nobody was touching it. It was like, like the two disc special I, edition yeah, from Miramax. Like, like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I've always, I gotta watch this and I still have never watched it. <laughs> you gotta do one of those I like um, art house in the wilderness movies and do, uh, what is it, Nutcracker oh, directed yeah, by the, the guy who did Tango and Catch? <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's a good Christmas double bill right yeah. there. So, um, I mean, I don't think either of us have watched El I Monstro. Think, I don't think I've ever seen a Roberto well, you haven't seen Life is Beautiful. I've never seen Life is Beautiful. I remember. That was one that like my friends were sharing around yeah. back in the day. <laughs> like underground. Yeah, yeah. yeah just like Have the movie. This, like, we got to make ourselves yeah, laugh. Right. It's the only way we'll survive. I just remember him climbing over the seats at the Academy Awards. That's right. That when he like, won, I, see, I saw that clip recently. Over, and I was just thinking like for the actors he was climbing over. I'm like, they must be so pissed right now. I just like, he just disappeared after Pinocchio. It only Pinocchio took one stinker. such a bomb. Yeah. Like that's all it took. Well, he made some film, I think, called The Tiger in the Snow. Which yeah. Yes. Italian film that got that mm-hmm. Miramax distribution, but even that, I don't think. I remember, yeah, well. Tiger of the Snow, and that's pretty much. And he kind of got popular, like kind of late in his run too. Like yeah, he wasn't like a Woody, young buck. Woody Allen used him in one of his later movies. Oh, with Tomorrow with Love, Tomorrow with Love. Was awful. Yeah. yeah. What? You're not a big fan of? No, is it M- Michael? No, it's Jesse Eisenberg. That's oh, in that yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, and Ellen Page. I don't mind him, but. No, <laughs> okay, so uh, in cult stuff, a very obscure TV movie, Death Dreams, directed yeah. by everyone's favorite Martin Donovan. <laughs> Yes. How would you know Martin Donovan? I guess he showed up in a Marvel movie recently. Oh, he showed up in multiple ones because he showed up in Ant-Man 
And then did he? Oh no, because he was like the main like yeah. business guy villain in well, Ant Man. He was like we're talking about actor Martin Donovan. Yeah, movie, actor right? Martin. Okay. But he also <laughs> directed this movie. Yeah, no, I know. I just uh, I always get because I see that name and I'm like, that is the same Martin Donovan. Wait, is there another one I know from Hal Hartley movies? Right. Yeah, that's what well, you know, like Trust. Yeah, and stuff like so that. I'd seen him in yeah. Trust and stuff. And uh, I was like, is he the? It, he I was like, there. wait, no, is he the Walt Whitman guy? <laughs> yeah. I just I always get him confused with Hal Ashby. Right? <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, that's right. He showed up in all of those. Yeah. Um, Hal Ashby but movies. But apart from that, yeah. I don't know. He just kind of shows up in movies every once in a while. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a familiar face. Yeah. Right he's one of those like, hey, it's that guy. <laughs> yeah. And this is a TV movie that he directed about a mother trying to reach out uh, to co- connect with her dead daughter. Yeah. I looked at some reviews. People see, say it's pretty good. It's, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think the Kino. Ooh, I don't have the Blu-ray in front of me. I believe there are special features it's on it. Actually, only DVD. Oh, it's only DVD. Yeah. Oh, okay. So well, I mean, at least he yeah. putting it out there. TV so movies. Kino, yeah, Kino's been putting out a lot of late '80s, early '90s <laughs> TV movies. Yeah. Lately, but they only do them on DVD for the most part. Well, uh, I heard they the, still put features on them. Yeah, I so. believe that there. I could have sworn there was someone. I was because I was surprised. I was like, oh, there is some stuff mm-hmm. because TV movies are a tough sell. I remember hearing. Hearing yeah. a Scream Factory guy talk about that, that they wanted to do two TV movies, like they put out The Spell, mm-hmm. the Carrie TV movie, yep. and they were having difficulty, like, if this doesn't sell. But I think the Kino has a different business model than uh, Scream Factory does, which yeah, is kind of a clearly. bummer. Because <laughs> the Scream Factory guy is like, like if a release doesn't do well, it reflects badly on us and will affect yeah. the other titles that we do. And Kino's like, screw it, we're just putting yeah, everything what, out. I don't care it if doesn't matter. Not, I mean, Kino for a while didn't do special features. No. They were like Olive. And I think they just kind of realized, like, we can pay someone $150 to do a commentary yeah. and it will instantly rise the profile and dum-dums like Justin Clue will go and buy it because they'll be like, ooh, this looks interesting. Well, I think they built up a lot of cachet too by putting out like a lot of definitive sets of classic movies, classic mm. silent movies. For a while, they were like just putting out like Criterion level, like Metropolis or like Oh, Nosferatu, yeah, that's like, right. In really and, nice sets. And Kino like, was like associated. foreign stuff. Yeah, and with now, that. And now they're just like And then everything. they started their Kino Classics studio class line mm. about guys like five years ago now and from that point on it's just been like it's a weird that they called it studio classic but they're like, they're like uh, as far away as you can yeah, get from it like as a tv movie a studio classic i mean commentaries have like i've been like oh maybe i will check that out like they put out a um sydney j fury film a few years ago ah i don't remember what it's called yeah, it's like la something and it was yeah, commentary with the guy about. that oh, did um the taking of beverly, taking hills, of beverly hills which yeah, yeah. i watched <laughs> and it's actually really it fun okay? yeah it's really really I fun see that one. it's yeah. star it's like a one long night thriller mm-hmm. and it stars um a it's guy ken that wall or yeah ken wall who plays like an ex-football player yeah. and he teams up with uh matt frewer who's his like oh, partner okay. and it's like really explosive and he's being chased throughout the city because like there's like complicated like heists that happen okay. and they use his football skills throughout so he's throwing footballs he's screaming <laughs> stuff like touchdown it's the best seems like the movie i wanted the last boy scout to be yeah <laughs> well it's definitely gonna right, be that so cool. check it out thank you kino for yeah, thank making you, me kino. buy that because i was like oh no that does seem good i just love that they package them all the same too so it's like whether it's like a classic oh movie big shot like taking a beverly hill yeah they all look the same it's like part of this collection bloody brood has an orange uh they, yeah. disc sometimes they change it up yeah sometimes they, you they open it up, up you're like whoa yeah. 
<laughs> and the mask had a different look too. Oh, so. really? I so wonder I if it's like sometimes yeah, they, the people making yeah. those discs like we request that they I look know, different. Right? <laughs> um, more Kino stuff, classic. There's an Ida Lupino box set that just came out. Yeah, this is a big one. We've mm-hmm. been getting asked about this for months. Uh, they'd been kind of like rumoring this for a while, and it took it took a while to come out. But it's uh, it's a four film set, and they all come individually too. So mm-hmm. if you just want to buy the individual films, and but, uh, uh, if you know, you probably know Ida Lupino as an actor, but mm-hmm. she was also an independent filmmaker. Yeah. Like she started her own studio and made a bunch of films. Some of them like dealing with really difficult subject matters, like abortion. Mm-hmm. She made a classic film noir, The Hitchhiker. Yeah, and they're finally all on Blu-ray. One very affordable box so, yeah, set. It has four films. It's got The Hitchhiker mm-hmm. uh, in a new remaster, apparently, um, and it's got The Bigamist, which is another film of hers that people really like about a guy who uh, has two families. Yeah, he's a bigamist. <laughs> he's a bigamist. Uh, so that's on Blu-ray, and then two smaller ones: Never Fear and Not Wanted, which. Interestingly enough, she was uncredited on. I believe her, uh, was it her husband that was the director? Yeah, yeah, she had her name taken off some of these. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was because of uh, studio sexism. Contractual, yeah, probably studio sexism. Or like it was dealing with uh, subject matter was too difficult. And if it was a woman director behind the scenes, then it would reflect poorly because we live in a sexist society. (laughs) But Um, it's it's great that they're finally out in a box. I mean, The Hitchhiker was a public domain one, so you see it on public domain discs all the time. And finally, you know, it's available in this Box released set. it twice before. Too. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but, We're going to get you to buy yeah, the Hitchhiker again. Yeah, they've released the Hitchhiker a lot. But for the other ones, it also comes with a nice book. Mm. Um, it's a really nice box set. So, again, early Christmas gifts, anybody? Yeah, you know, there you go. For that, um, you know, the film connoisseur who's like, nah, I want, you know, women filmmakers. Yeah, I know. Right? That's the one you can reach for right there. That in the early uh, Women Pioneers box set. Yeah, exactly. Out. But if you're looking for female directors in that, like, studio mm-hmm. system, like, there aren't many. No, not really. But even then, she was working independently uh, with her own production company. Uh, Speaking of stuff that came out in the 90s, uh, my boyfriend's back. Uh, I'm jumping over two things because we talked about the Martin Donovan film. (laughs) That's okay. So my boyfriend's back um, is a Bob Balaban film. You know Bob Balaban. We all know Bob Balaban. He's in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He's in a lot of Wes Anderson Anderson films. He's like the little nerdy guy with round glasses who's also the uh, scion of the Cineplex dynasty. Is that? (laughs) No, not Cineplex. It's another theme. Theater chain, oh, okay. like a massive one. So, or something? yeah, he's okay. like a big millionaire, and um, which is funny because he's like a little quiet guy in all he of his is, movies. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is—I don't know if this is its second directorial effort, but it's second. Yeah, like it was after Parents. It was after Parents, yeah. which if you guys haven't seen, check out. It was yeah. released by um, Vestron Video. Yeah, so on Blu-ray expensive. in a very expensive <laughs> Blu-ray. Do you guys have it for rent? Not the Blu-ray. We Not read the Blu-ray. The DVD. Though. The DVD yep, yeah, definitely. but it's a film that I don't think enough people check out. I think uh, Parents, like you would see the VHS as a kid. I remember picking. Oh, yeah. up and being like, what is this about? Yeah. Like, it's so, uh, you know, ominous. It's like and, a Goosebumps-esque kind of, like, book cover. Almost. Yeah, it does. Like, you, but, like, it actually delivers as a yeah, movie. Yeah. It is not, it, it is a psychological thriller until it's not. Yeah. So I would definitely recommend it. Um, and My Boyfriend's Back is one that I avoided for a long time. It's another VHS yeah, cover I would see all the time where it's here. like the guy know. popping out of the grave. <laughs> it was originally called Johnny Zombie. Oh, wow. And the premise is a guy tries to impress uh, the prettiest girl at school and he gets killed in the process and then he comes back as a zombie and it's the tone is difficult to describe because it's 
like very silly, but it's how people react to him coming back as a zombie. They just kind of accept it. They're like, okay. hey, you're supposed to be dead. You're a zombie. What's going on? <laughs> and then his uh, parents start killing people and feeding him uh, the body parts to him because he's a zombie and that's right. what he needs to survive. It's just really fun and kind of frothy. It was one that was famously like rumored that there was a darker cut that Bob Balaban oh, okay. shot and it got cut down and a new score by the guy who did all the Friday the 13th films because oh, this is actually produced yeah. by Sean Cunningham. Right. Um, yeah. it, which is a very comedic score. So like, boop, 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 boop. Yeah. it wants to like let you know it's a comedy because yeah. I think they were scared. Uh, so that's a little bit weird. But if you go and knowing that, and this set by uh, Kino, they went all out. There's like a new commentary with Bob Balaban. Yeah. They interviewed the composer. They interviewed two actors. They mm -hmm. interview. Um, uh, Bob Balaban himself, who is very, I don't want to say cagey during the interview, but he's like, I don't even remember this film. He's like, <laughs> That sounds like a Bob Balaban. Yeah, response. he says that like once he finished shooting, he kind of handed it off to them and he didn't think about it since then. And he even okay. says, like, I didn't see the movie. But then as he's doing the interview, he realizes, No, I went to a test screen. It almost <laughs> feels like he blasted his memory wow. to like not think about it. It's like super stylized too, like, yeah, okay. and, like colorful comic book. There's even like comic book transitions during the movie. Oh, really? So yeah. That's interesting because, yeah, you really don't think of Bob Balaban as <laughs> that kind of of a director. Well, I mean, Parents has that very Terry yeah, exactly. Gilliam vibe. Right. So. And he did direct like TV stuff since then, but yeah. nothing notable like those two movies. Mm -hmm. So it's nice that it finally came out and they gave it like yeah. respect. Because it did come out on Blu-ray by Mill Creek again, like God, yeah. a while back. But, but I wouldn't have picked it up because I was like, it was a bare bones, bones release. Affair, so. Yeah. And uh, other Kino films, man, it's just the Kino train it's here. Kino week, man. Uh, Wanted Dead or Alive, yep. which is an action film, the Rutger Hauer Rutger starring Hauer. one directed by Gary Sherman, who had done Poltergeist guy three yep Actually, I saw this one a long time ago. I remember being disappointed, but I think that if I saw it again, I would my expectations would be different, and I think I would enjoy it. Because Gary Sherman's a really interesting director. I think we've talked yeah, about him before. We have, yeah. We talked about yeah. Dead and Buried. Maybe. Dead and Buried, yeah, because yeah. Poltergeist 3 um, is one that's like very maligned, but it's actually super yeah, fun. Yeah, high-rise horror. Yeah, high-rise <laughs> horror. All the special effects done in camera. Yeah, and Vice really cool. Squad, I think yeah, we talked Vice about Squad, that. Vice that's Squad. what we talked about. Yeah. That one is super fun. Right. And yeah, Dead and Buried as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I know a lot of people. I haven't actually seen one mm -hmm. in her life, but I know we've been selling a lot of them so far. A lot of people were asking about this before. It came yeah, out. they're like, "Well, I love the uh, Steve McQueen TV series." Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> or like um, Gene Simmons completist because <laughs> he plays the villain in this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, because it was also a release of that Gene Simmons film. I think Shout Factory did it. What is it? You know what it is? It stars John Stamos as uh, the never too acrobat. Young to die. <laughs> never too young to die, and um, the very problematic yeah, transvestite yeah. Yeah, uh, villain played by Gene Simmons. That's a film. Film that doesn't uh, <laughs> politically hold up. Oh, but it's so much it's fun. It's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that DVD has a VHS version on the Blu-ray, like Does a VHS really? transfer. Yeah, the extras on. Yeah, okay. that's great. Uh, another Kino release, The Mindbenders. Uh, I'm not that familiar with yeah. it from 1963, directed by a Basil Dearden. He's a fairly big name yeah, uh, for is. British crime stuff. Criterion put out a really nice set of his like London underground films, mm. I think they called it. He did a lot of like, yeah, noir-y sort of spooky mm -hmm. London crime films. I don't know this one too well. We had a rental of it for a long, long time that Anchor Bay put out way mm. back when, but it's more of a sci-fi. Yeah, it's a great poster. Yeah, great poster. Mm -hmm. um, it has commentary but, on the disc, so yeah. that's you know you know someone cares yeah, exactly. enough when they do I've commentary for a long time. Yeah. and I have had people ask about it over the years. I'm always so. like, eh, that's what like if any DVD publishers are listening. If there's commentary, it means somebody cared exactly, enough to yeah. record it. So even if it's a movie I don't know, I'll be like, mm, maybe this is interesting. Yeah. If there isn't, it's kind of like the publisher being yeah, like, ah, screw you, we don't care. Contractual. Yeah, obligation. Just, yeah. They should have gotten you to do Aspen Extreme. I know, seriously. Where were they? Please. Kino, if you're on the line, re reprint it. Yeah, no one's bought it. it. <laughs> Throw it in the landfill with the ET yeah, exactly. discs. 
Uh, Nightmare Beach is being put out by Kino. This is an interesting title because this is one that I feel like Arrow and Scream Factory probably yeah, fought over. Yeah, it's strange. Or even that... like um, Code Red. Yeah, because Umberto Lenzi stuff mm. doesn't. Uh, yeah, it was Late weird period to see Umberto this Lenzi. as like a Kino studio classics. Movie. Yeah, so this is a film from I believe it's like 1989 or 1990. Yeah, uh, I just right watched it the... recently for another podcast. I do no such thing as a bad movie, and it's a movie about uh, like um, a biker. You never see yeah. his face. He's wearing a helmet. Well, you see it at the end where it's a surprise reveal who it is. <laughs> it's not that surprising, but his gimmick is really funny, which is um, it's supposed to be maybe yeah. someone who gets electrocuted in the prologue. Right. So the only way he kills people is he electrocutes them, <laughs> which includes like giving people rides on his motorcycle that he's built into an electric chair, oh, or like he's fighting with someone and he'll reach over to like a power line in the room and then electrocute them. And when you hear electrocution, it's like uh, that's one of the lamest kills after the like next snap. Yeah. But yeah. what's good about this is when people get electrocuted, it cuts to a dummy that like catches on fire and then it'll cut back to the person with makeup on their face. So I'm like, <laughs> well, or it's like the dummy all melted. So oh, okay. that's good. That it's also great, a yeah. boner comedy, uh, which is a new term I'm starting to a use since I heard comedy. a friend okay. use it that takes place during spring break with the most annoying group of teens <laughs> in the world. Beautiful. I hate them so much. <laughs> Including a guy, the most annoying character you can get a horror movie who keeps pulling pranks on people where he's like, uh, I pretend to be dead guy. or I pretend yeah, to be a yeah. <laughs> and you know, uh, Kino treated with Spreck. I believe there's like yeah. commentary, it's like an interview with somebody. Yeah, so. it's a nice addition. I love the cover art on it. Oh, it's so, but that's a cla- the painted a one. Yeah, one, but it it's... reminds me of what is it? The nail gun masker. Yeah, I believe the killer in that like also that. wears yeah, yeah. a um, uh, bike bike helmet. Mm-hmm. Not a bike helmet. And I think it's gonna be a reverse, weird. <laughs> yeah, I think it's got. I don't. Did you do you have a copy? I don't have a copy. I think no, it's got reversible art too because <laughs> half of them we got had a different. Oh, uh, then it probably does. Yeah, with no like barcode or anything, and it was like kind of similar but i think it was just like an alternate was it in the plastic you're like yeah it's in the plastic i guess this is fine i mean it's the same thing yeah it's all the same Uh, does kino do reversible art i I think i didn't think so but yeah because they do they're usually pretty barbell like you said it's like the same spine every time and the disc is just a black image with the title on it yep that's all you need (laughs) uh they're also putting out hercules in the haunted world which is a mario bava film a really fun one that's never gotten a proper release since like a phantomus dvd that's super old which we sold tons of back in the day even though it was kind of Cracking, yeah, but Kino's slowly been putting out all the Bava the Bava stuff. stuff. Yeah, they so. did Kill Baby Kill as yeah. well. Do you think they'll I mean, come they out with a box set at blood. some point? Have, yeah, I mean, I don't think so. Maybe they're I too far gone. Point, yeah, they started putting these out like six, seven years ago. Mm. And they haven't, so I guess it's just a slow I, march to getting all the right. I have not so. seen Hercules in the Haunted World since I saw a screening at Trash Palace, oh, okay. and it was a full screen, sixteen millimeter print, which is probably not the best way to yeah. watch Hercules in the Haunted World. Which Bava's all about, like yeah, the kind of right? bold colors, it's beautiful looking. Yeah. From what I from what I've heard, uh, it's about Hercules going to hell. It's not even called Hercules go to hell. Goes yeah, to hell. Right? Do you know that uh, Ricardo Freda, another Italian director yeah. who worked with Marabava, did a ripoff of this movie called Masiste Goes oh, to okay. Hell? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, so we're out of the. Um, no, we're not. We no, still we're got not. Kino. What are we talking about? <laughs> Got more. We got Storm of the Century, which <laughs> we came we got... into being after talking about it I last know. week. Kino's listening to yeah, us. Ke- yeah, and they got it out in a week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, whatever. They just take the old... Uh, well, we talked about that, like, doing this podcast really reveals trends. Yeah. That, like, companies are, like, talking, not talking to each other, but seeing what they're totally, doing yeah. to try to piggyback off stuff. And, I mean, Kino doing Storm of the Century, the um, Craig R. Baxley. I think that's what we figured it's out Craig last R. Baxley, week. Yeah. Um, I watched this... Uh, Stephen King miniseries, which is based on an original screenplay, yeah, I believe so, that was the big deal. Yeah, it was his, like, not his first, but yeah. 
what? Yeah, he hadn't done any original screen. You know, talking so. about it now, I'm kind of talking to myself because I have very vivid memories of watching it. It was one of those like TV yeah. events that played over oh, two I nights. Oh, I remember it was huge. The yeah. ads were everywhere. Yeah, uh, just commercials endlessly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I remember they put it out as a book, so you thought it looked like a book, but it was just the screen. Oh, it was. Yeah, yeah. like Storm, the new Stephen King book, Storm of the Century, and you pick it up and you're like, oh, this is just a screenplay. Though. So but, it, okay. it was about like a demon or something like that, right? That yeah, like invades a town. I remember even so vague. I remember like, the final shot so well, yes, which is like, even... it's like the guy, I don't want to spoil it, but he makes a sacrifice at the end of it, right. and he comes upon that, like, person that he sacrificed, and the person turns, and like, on the street, and they have, like, thriller eyes, it's like, <laughs> And as a kid, I remember it terrifying yeah. me, but I remember looking on YouTube recently and, like, checking it up, and being like, oh, yeah, it looks like, like, the cheapest kind of thriller eyes you could do. Yeah, he did that in the Tommy Knockers too, Yeah, the stupid glory. I mean, <laughs> Man, right. the TV like uh, mega series yeah. or, or maxi series maybe of maxi Stephen series, King right. like two day events. That was a big thing. That was a 90s, big thing. Yeah. Have you seen uh, McGarris's Bag of Bones with Pierce Brosnan? I never saw that. It one. is no. so funny. Have is you not it? seen the clip no. where he's jogging no. and he leans against a tree that has like a woman in it and just starts vomiting? He's like, oh! oh it is, I it I is one Pierce of those Brosnan meme too. clips. It is Pierce Brosnan <laughs> at his Brosnan. Okay. Yeah. Well, we do have a rental of that. Maybe so, you yeah. shouldn't be living here. People don't know that. Pierce Brosnan clip. <laughs> wow, oh, I yeah, love I Pierce totally Brosnan. missed this. Yes, so. I mean it's McGarris also at his gariest, which yeah. is like, oh god. I, I stopped watching those TV adaptations mm. after Desperation. I think oh, was, another McGarris joint. I hated that one. It's not. I loved it's the not book good. And I yeah, just Desperation that. is a great book great that people book, don't talk. Yeah. And people get it because I believe was that a Bachman book that he released? No, the Regulators. Was yeah, the, that one is not like good. <laughs> I didn't mind the Regulators. The Regulators is one long gunfight. It's just like people being massacred in a city. Yeah, it's not as good as Desperation. No, but. Well, Desperation does a psycho twist. It doesn't work in the in the miniseries. Yeah. But in the book it does. Because yeah. it's like, oh, I'm spending... I mean, I don't want to spoil... No, I, I, I have just saying it right there. I, yeah, the first, like, you know, quarter 150 of that pages, book is yeah. really... The way that ends is really disturbing. Mm-hmm. I remember reading that. And being like, well, it wow, has the problem uh, with... I mean, that's you, really got me now. And this, then I was, like, yeah. for the rest of it. The Stephen King adaptation is that, like, especially someone yeah. like Mick Garris, he's so um, slavish... Slavish? He's so slavish. Oh, yeah. or he's so dedicated. He's so dedicated to like adapt adapting King's work yeah. that he just like all the mannerisms that are in the book he translates to the screen, which just makes him feel silly. Like it's like yeah, Rob Ron Perlman being like, "Oh, I'm doing this." I know, big and I love Ron Perlman, but it seemed like yeah. a bad version of like Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it black is. Black or something. And, and you love Stephen Webber too. I, I know. <laughs> And have you just, seen the Shining miniseries? Oh no, we no, talked about it. Yeah, I gotta get on. Listen, that, we gotta yeah. do an all Stephen we, King miniseries episode. <laughs> yeah, but that one too. I think it's like sometimes when it's for networks. Mm. That was like an ABC series. Yeah, thing. It's I mean, like the desperation of the book issues. is so dark yeah. in places and like sexually dark too. <sighs> a desperation, that they cut that all the, out. Desperation has also like a big apocalyptic yeah. issue in the book, which it can't really translate to screen. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah, I, like I said when we talked about Stephen King last time, I prefer the first two hundred pages of his book. Yeah. And then when the horror stuff starts and action stuff, which he's not good at, I'm like, no! His books often take... I'm excited for his new one. People have said it's really good, The Institute. Yeah, I'm intrigued. How does he... He writes two books a year. It's insane. never stops. Do you remember when he said he was going to retire? I know. 
that at one point. He's like, I'm done. It was around Dreamcatcher, which yeah. I need to revisit. <laughs> that's a, fu- that's a funny movie. That's not in theaters. Really funny. Need to yeah, see that uh, last fall, of, last flight of the Osiris I know. Uh, Matrix short that played in <laughs> oh, front yeah, of it. Me too. Uh, that was the big reason I went. <laughs> I have vivid memories of seeing that movie because my mother got up halfway through and she's like, I don't want to watch this. And she went and sat in the lobby. She said she <laughs> was too scared. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> I would see that with my dad, I remember. And yeah, my dad's pretty like, yeah. he doesn't really care when it comes to movies. He, he seemed to enjoy it. Yeah, so. my mom. You know what? I feel like, even as a kid, I was like, what the hell is this? But <laughs> as an adult rewatching it, I feel like I would enjoy it immensely. Actually, I actually think, yeah, I've never revisited it since I enjoyed then, the book but... a lot when I read it as a kid, too, because it was yeah. so wild. Yeah. That was the famous one. He wrote that, that after his accident, too, yeah. and he wrote it longhand. Yep. That was the big thing, is because he had never really done that. I could. I remember trying to write longhand after reading that. It's like, my hand hurts. I, I can't do it. No. So Arrow is putting out Killer Nun. This is like a famous nunsploitation film. Yep. Uh, I've actually never seen it. I'm not a big nunsploitation guy. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. I think the one I've seen is, uh, I've seen Behind Convent Walls. <laughs> Behind like Convent Walls. Valerian Borachuk, you know that guy? He, no. Like, he did like The Beast. And oh, yes, yes, He's yes. done a lot of like big cult, like erotic type Yeah, things. yeah, that boxer that everybody yeah, wants. Yeah, exactly. That is super so this is one man. of those, but it was kind of boring, honestly. It's mm. just like, once you get past like the funny novelty of like oh they're nuns and they're being sexy, yeah. it's like I can't think of nothing there's some really movies, fun yeah. Japanese ones. Uh, yeah, the titles we have a few I can't. Of these. Yeah, yeah. yeah Mondo Macabro put them out. Yep. They're just like very visually dense and like creative. Yeah. So once you get past the like oh wow they're sexy nuns <laughs> like like you said yeah. uh, Dark Waters is one people like. Oh a lot yeah, too. that's a big one. Um, um, and I think I, the idea is funny. Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't know think, how much you can. So wait, these I, these have to have been like trying to get it out with the nun. Yeah, right? the a Conjuring Maybe. film. I mean, Killer Nun is definitely a bigger yeah. one. Yeah, they all have genre, posters. I, I mean, say. it's yeah. funny that was it Kino that put out Jacques Rivette's The Nun that has yes. the same poster yeah. as the Conjuring. Exactly. Nun. I really hope confusion popped out. Of that. I was hoping so too. We didn't get any confused people. But, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, VCI is also putting out the Leg Fighters, and this is a big one. For me, yeah, as a kung fu cinema up, fan, right? uh, and it's uh, kung fu films never get any respect. Like people don't really like care about them. They often be dumped. Like there've been small attempts, like Dragon Dynasty, the Miramax company started yeah. strong, and then they just kind of like stopped. Of yeah. yeah, and like they stopped doing commentary, stopped doing making odds. I feel yeah. like it probably just didn't sell as well as they wanted it to. But uh, VCI has come in, and The Leg Fighter is actually a Taiwanese martial arts film directed by uh, Lee So Sam. I'm saying that I'm struggling through that name. Uh, <laughs> Is and he's one of the best Taiwanese directors ever. He did all the best exploitation films, and this is one that like I had never seen it when I picked it up on Blu-ray. But just the idea yeah. that they're doing like a label—it's called Pearl River. Yeah, it's mm. a new thing they're starting, and they're doing new scans of films. This is an interesting because it's actually they don't have the negative, so they scanned a print of it, which Crap. the colors look fantastic. But there's like English dubs burnt in on the bottom, uh, like most prints right. would have. Yeah. But there's the English dub and there's the original uh, Mandarin one, and the fights are super fun. It's like a Jackie Chan kind of ripoff one, but it actually stars a woman in the role, uh, and the gimmick is that they all fight with their legs. They all have different leg fighting right, styles, yeah, so like yeah. one guy will fight low to the ground. <laughs> the other guy, it's like he moves his hips. She's more of like a, um, a Peking Opera School trained person, so okay. she's very like flexible and stuff like that. And it was released by, I think, the guy, he's like a brute exploitation guy, is like worked on it, but all the special features are by a DTV action guy called Michael Wirth, okay. who um, he appears in like US Seals 2, the Eyes of Florentine <laughs> right. film, but I didn't know he was 
was like a really hardcore martial arts fan. He does commentary. He interviews the director briefly on the disc. And this is the one thing that I don't like is the interview does what news broadcast does, which is like he talks and you hear a voice over him. Uh, trans- I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? No. That's yeah. Um, and they also interview like a guy who does a Kung Fu series like on 35. So it's like definitely like a labor of love release. They did like totally, new cover yeah. art. Not too expensive either. VCI put it yeah. out. No, I'd never even heard of it mm-hmm. at all until we ordered it. But it's a nice looking set. Yeah. So if you're interested in like Kung Fu cinema, especially like off the beaten uh, past stuff, I would definitely recommend this one because it's great. Yeah. Uh, Kino is also putting out Queen of Spades, a 1949 film, which I've never heard about before. Yeah. Even though it was directed by uh, Britain's first film teacher is how he was credited when I looked him up. <laughs> they uh, they put out Dead of Night mm. a little while back. Yeah, love Dead of Night. Yeah, a great anthology. Queen of film. Spades, I think, because it, for the longest time it was on a two-pack that, oh. you know, um, that Anchor Bay put out Okay, with Dead of Night. And that was what we had rented all the time. So mm. I feel like Dead of Night is the more popular film, but yeah. a lot of people got into Queen of Spades through Dead of Night. Mm. I mean, it's got a quote on the front from Martin Scorsese saying it's like one of the most beautiful films really? or something. Thing. So it definitely has its fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. I seen it myself. <laughs> Never seen it. yeah, me neither. Uh, but looking at it, like when really I see a movie nice like cover, that, yeah. I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. Yeah. And that Kino actually stepped in and, it, you know, they did the work on it and they're putting it out properly. So. That's the thing. It's nice they kind of split up that set mm-hmm. and gave them both. They don't do double sword. features uh, anymore. They don't. They did. A, they actually tried it a bit with really? their, like Touchstone stuff, too, for a while. They were putting uh, out doubles of like, you I, know, I, I gotta be big honest. business. And, like, Unless it's a series. Like I don't really like double features. Yeah. Because I can't put them on my shelf. I have to put them in a different section. Screws it all and I don't know where to look for them. Up. Yeah, and usually when it's double features, it's just like here's the movies and that's yeah. it. And when it's single, you're like, we tried, we care. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a boutique uh, business right now, exactly. right? So people want that one film. No, because you know DVDs. That's what they try. It's like both, like Mill Creek. You have eight films. That's what you want, right? Mm. And they start to realize that's not what that's people not what, want. Yeah, yeah. Like we get people wanting to special order movies mm. and they're only available as like a two pack. Are they like I don't want like, it? Mm, I don't know. If I'm yeah, like that. And it's like oh, it doesn't. You know, just yeah. don't watch the other movie. Don't, <laughs> don't even cons- throw the other disc. It doesn't fit on my shelf. And uh, the last but not least, Kino has War at Home, uh, directed by uh, Mark's favorite, uh, Emilio Estevez. (laughs) Gordon Bombay. Wait, is that his name in The Mighty Ducks? Yeah. I love The Mighty Ducks when I was a kid. I always thought that uh, the second one, I've never seen Night at the Rockbury. That's a big running joke through Night at the Rockbury. Oh, really? They keep telling the story to like girls to try and pick them up that they met, they saw Emilio Estevez. Man himself. Oh, that's really funny. It's actually really good. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But I'm a big fan of Mighty Ducks movies, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think I saw the third one. The second one was the best. I mean, it's bad. That's the cowboy, right? (laughs) Where he, like, lasso someone. Oh, he's back in the third one. Ah, gotta see it. The third one is where Amelia is actually not the coach anymore. Right. only, like, a support. That's probably why I avoided it. It's still funny and really good, but. Uh, Yeah, like, Amelia, would they have, like, a drunk driving incident so he can't be the coach? Yeah, well, it was where he, like, didn't really want it. He was kind of, like, disparaging the Mighty Ducks movies because he's like, oh, now I'm just viewed as this silly kids movie actor. Yeah, as opposed really, to the first serious really one. I don't do him anymore. Yeah. So he was contractually obligated to be in the third one. Wait, so he signed Ducks. a contract for Mighty so. Ducks? And he's on the cover. You'd think he's yeah. the star of it, but he's actually... Which one like, was the one that he's like blowing a bubble of bubblegum? Second, <laughs> second one. Yeah, yeah. which did, is really weird. Did they become they're... DTV series? I thought that the second... No, no the they were all theatrical. I saw the third one in theaters. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to talk about streaming on these podcasts, but there was a Twitter thread that showed up of like DTV Plus stuff that's coming out. What a bunch of like shit, just like ninety five percent. Like, I wouldn't have been surprised if it was like a might. Is that Mighty Ducks four? 
No, uh, they've been they've been talking about it for a while. It's I mean, been, if you rumored. don't get Emilio back, it's like been it's rumored, a, yeah. I mean, I, well, you know, he's come back around. Like I, I'm a big hockey fan, and uh, when the Anaheim Mighty Ducks were actually like good and going to the final, Mighty Ducks was he, the only team I liked. I know, and the San uh, Jose Sharks San Jose. because it was a shark yeah. logo. That's the only cards I collected as a kid, which is staggering to me yeah. that there was a point that I collected hockey cards. <laughs> but when Anaheim was good and they mm. were making the finals, he was at the game. Really? Was he inter- dressed? They were interviewing. Yeah, he'd have a jersey on, and they were like, "Oh, we got Emilio." Estevez here. And so he's come back around. Oh, he's come back. I mean, what else does he have? No, I, I mean, he's got War at Home, but, one of uh, dramas you know, that he directed. Many people might not know that Emilio Estevez has directed quite a few films at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, I mean, I do. I own one of them. <laughs> Rated like, X. Yeah, like even going back to the 80s, like we have this DVD of this movie from Warner Archive they put out that he did called Wisdom. <laughs> come on, please 80s. come in and buy it. It's collecting it's dust Emilio on the show. and Demi Moore. They're like, it looks like a Badlands type thing. Oh, written like, and directed by Emilio I Estevez. Know, I know. Oh. Oh, that's but a he, sign of yeah. quality. <laughs> but he's done a lot of things. I think he directed Men at Work, right? That Charlie Sheen. Yes, that's Emilio right. People have said that that one is fun. Which is uh, kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it. I mean, but uh, now, I'm like, all about dirty work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No McDonald's. Way to steer it back to dirty yeah, work. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but lately, he directs a lot of like prestige kind of, like, The library. The, yeah, the public. Or yeah, whatever. the public. That's what yeah, it's called. Which, which recently came out. And then, I mean, I remember seeing Bobby when that came out, and that was atrocious. So. Oh, I forgot Bobby was. Bobby? And yeah. it got such a big push, too, because it's like, it's the everything. next crash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think they cut it a bit after Tiff. Oh, did they? Yeah. yeah. They're like, we want to cut out the extreme yeah. stuff. But the this, Ashen uh, Kutcher. I know. But I think this War at Home was, he made it in the late 90s, and I think it was from the goodwill, from the money and the goodwill he built up from Disney doing all these mm. Mighty Ducks. They gave They're him, like, we'll give you one. Because it is a touchstone one. Yeah. And it's with Martin Sheen and himself. So they started, it's like a father-son thing. Yeah, it's a Wall Street. Um, it's yeah, like, exactly. it's better than that. Um, I actually haven't seen this, but I always remember it at the video store. Yeah. And like, always wanting to see it. And You're like, I love the Mighty Ducks. It's another one of those prestige things that just didn't really... You know what? Every time, time that Martin Sheen's name is evoked in one of his children, <laughs> I have to talk about the greatest joke of all time in Hot Shots. I think it's part two, where Martin part Sheen yeah. and um, Charlie Sheen pass each other on boats. Oh, and yeah. they go, I loved you in Wall Street. <laughs> Such a good... If you haven't seen it, search Hot Shots yeah. Part 2, Martin Sheen. It'll come up. Great Hot spoof Shots movie. Part yeah, Part 2. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Chicken with the yeah, bow going back. Great series. Uh, MVD, and it's MVD Rewind series, yep. which is one of the few labels I've decided I will that buy all of their like releases. <laughs> I am standing them. Yeah. I will like... The love that goes into it. I, I have offered my name. I, I love that, you know? Yeah. You get, like, There's ra- oh, I think label. I'm like that... Mm, I would like to say I'm like that was Agfa, but that's not true because yeah. they put out that Satan set, and I was like, eh, documentaries. Yeah. I was like that for Intervision when they first came out. Yeah, but I haven't. I mean, they don't you put should. stuff out anymore. Not but. really. I think they're yeah. still kind of trying. All the stuff is interesting though. But yeah, MVD, like this guy goes like the extra mile. This oh, one that yeah. j- just came out, My Samurai. I had never heard of it before, and yeah. looking about it, it had one review on Letterbox. <laughs> it only it? it has less than a hundred um, ratings on IMDb, which is insane. No. Have that. I haven't seen it, but I had heard about it mm-hmm. before, briefly, yeah. like vaguely. But. So it's really fascinating because it's not an L.A. production. I believe it's uh, shot in Denver, Colorado, mm. and it stars a real-life martial uh, taekwondo expert. There are no samurais in this film. Yep. He's uh, South yep. Korean. And it has a really fun premise, which is him and a kid, the kid witnesses like a gangland, um, they're like disposing of a body. Yep. Like, we got to kill this kid. Yeah. And they go on the run the entire movie. Okay. And it just actually, the fights get better and better as it goes along. Nice. And they're like, it's a real martial artist. 
and it's like really gimmicky too so he fights like a guy doing a capoeira so like the dance right, fighting okay. which actually came out a year before Only the Strong so I wonder if it's one of the first appear. Okay. you know Robert Wise directed a capoeira film no yeah I, I don't remember what the title but I was doing research capoeira if people don't know it's like yeah. a um, ooh I don't want to get the wrong is it Brazilian I feel like it is I'm not sure yeah I'm not 100% <laughs> certain but it's like um, slaves learn this like fighting style that looks like dancing right, because okay. then they could use, uh, they could practice it and their owners wouldn't know that they're practicing a fighting style right. so there he fights a guy like that he fights a British like sword guy <laughs> there's like Jackie Chan style fights there's also like urban gangs that like do that have crazy like colored hair and stuff yeah. like that that they fight super fun Terry O'Quinn has a fun oh, role as a dad Ma- there, Ma- yeah. Mako Mako um, yeah. is the villain in the movie uh, so yeah so it's really fun it's remastered the audio on it is unfortunately bad okay. it's tough to like there's subtitles and stuff like that but I hear that was they're like there's no other version of the movie like the audio track yeah. that we can use so like that's that's all that they'll ever get but they also included a VHS version of the movie which is oh, an okay. alternate cut of the film on the disc and they also interview the star the fight choreographer in a 45 minute interview they interview everybody like yeah. it is a super duper special they edition they load these things I they love do. how much they load on the MVD yeah they stuff. even uh, there's like a gimmicky slip case that looks like yeah, a VHS yeah they changed it a yeah. bit now yeah <laughs> uh, this is like a labor of love for the guy that makes it and I really want to do any commentaries on any um, uh, Albert Pyun films that they put out yeah. so you know, I need, yeah. I, I need to, like, butter them up. <laughs> exactly. I sent him a message, and, like, two weeks later, he sent me a thumbs up. And I was like, no, keep me in mind, please. <laughs> what people don't know is that they actually, they're, they are not like uh, Shout or Vinegar. They are kind of an offshoot of Imperial Entertainment, which yeah. was, like, a VHS live. So they don't really curate. I mean, I'm sure that the guy picks stuff. Um, yeah. But, like, it's it's all stuff that Imperial made. But they made a lot of stuff. They did, and, and a lot if, of cool cult stuff. Yeah, if you didn't pick up Double Dragon, which they yeah, released as a special right. edition. Or those Nemesis packs. Yeah, yeah, so good. Huge I mean, there's a 90-minute so. documentary on that yeah, Double Dragon. Right? They even got Mark DeCascos in interview him. So, great stuff. Uh, the Omen Collection was released yep. by Scream Factory. Really nice set. It um, looks beautiful, even looks though beautiful. that, like... Even though I don't know if anybody wants all the sequels. I'm I mean, making a face. The first ones, yeah. Yeah, uh, the first are not, one. Are you not an Omen fan, uh, like, I was, series fan There was a all? period of time that I was a massive Richard Donner fan. I don't know what was going through my mind. I mean, Lethal Weapon movies are fun. Yeah. <laughs> Lethal Weapon movies were a big part of my childhood, yeah, me too, actually. Me too. So I had that snapper case box yeah. that was oh, like the yeah. silver. Oh, yeah. I remember being really excited when Lethal Weapon 4 was coming yes. out as you a Yes, you know what? Kid. I have a very soft spot for Lethal Weapon 4. Me too. Even like though Lethal it's Weapon super 4. racist. It but is. Yeah, it's um, really bad. It is like shit on a lot, and it's actually bananas. Like mm. if you watch it, and Jet Li actually gets to be cool in yeah. a way. Have you seen that clip on YouTube? Someone posted of in the cinema when Lethal Weapon Four came out. Someone recorded no. like a the Jet Li like fighting introduction scene, yeah. and the audience goes nuts. That's it's like great. bigger than like a Midnight Madness audience. Yeah. I always big... found it hard to believe that Mel Gibson and Danny Glover could like beat Jet Li at the end. Though. But I like I only <laughs> like it because the movie is kind of like they can't beat oh, him, yeah, no, and I, like I totally the only agree. way they do it is by like. Like both tackling yeah, him exactly. into the water, so that's no. Fun. I thought it was great. I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of all, Ugh, all of those. Movies. Even as a kid, Joe Pesci, I was like, oh, oh yeah. man. So, but Richard Donner directed the first Omen, super stylish. Yep, yep. Um, and then Omen Two, which I've never seen, but people say is interesting because they shot a version very similar to uh, the first Omen. Mm-hmm. But then when people were like, no, people like the violence in Omen One, yeah. like so they added a whole bunch of crazy kill sequences yeah. to try to top it. I mean, the Omen has one of the best decapitations oh, ever. My God. I think that's it's the... David Warner, right? 
right? He gets his it head is. cut off, yeah. Yeah. and his head like flips in yeah. the air just perfectly. And then there's Omen three four five on this disc as well, and the remake, and the remake. Yeah. Oh, what's his name? John Moore. Who John directed? Moore. Uh, I saw the remake in theaters. Did you? Did you see out. it? Because it came out. Uh, was it, it uh, 2006? Yeah. The sixth month yeah. on the sixth day. Six six six, baby. And I had a little poster of it too because really? I had a really cool like the poster was actually really cool for the Omen remake. The yeah. movie is shit. All sure, I remember like, is that John Moore for just a brief moment. Yeah. I was like, a, why was I a John Moore fan? Did I like Flight of the Phoenix? <sighs> it was that. Because oh, I don't behind enemy lines, I didn't yet. like. Oh, that was yeah. him, right? Yeah, I didn't and he also did the last Die Hard film, which is terrible. <sighs> I never made it past four. No, never made it yeah. past four. I like, and I liked four. I really did like. Uh, four, don't you so. love Jay Courtney? <laughs> I mean, I like Jack Reacher. He's okay. Oh, he's nah, great in Jack yeah, Reacher. I like Jack Reacher. Uh, he's on the Wet Hot American Summer, the second right. series. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't gotten yeah, into that yet. He has a pretty yeah. small role okay. in that. But uh, yeah, so this box set well, is this like box set's stacked. Big. And the big reason, I mean, even if you don't like any of the sequels, I know it's kind of pricey, yeah. but the, they have only, done a full 4K remaster yeah. of The Omen, it's, which has never been on Blu-ray before. You know, either, we don't usually so. mention prices, but I think it's like $66. I think it is 66 Yeah, I think it's $66. $66, $66. Which, I think you get you get five movies, because you get one, two, three, four, and the remake mm-hmm. so that's pretty cheap that's not bad yeah for like because um, screen factory collector's editions usually go for like yeah. 32 dollars exactly so right. and yeah i don't know it's a it's a really nice sam neill in sam part Neil, four you know I, I, I haven't seen any i've only seen the original and the remake I yeah missed all the sequels i, I hear eat. that uh, they tried really hard to get sam neill and they couldn't yeah. get him to do an interview yeah because <laughs> that would have been yeah, a coup he's, he's as ashamed. evil demon yeah. you know the thing that i didn't like about the first one i think it's the reason i didn't cut, uh, catch any of the sequels is i found that the first one was so fatalistic because it has like yeah. that rosemary uh, yep. uh baby ending and that kind of bugged me as a kid mm-hmm. i feel like now I, I could be like oh yeah i can watch yeah. these so no for some reason it didn't really stick with me as much mm. as like rosemary's baby did or a lot of those other sort of demon yeah like, kind of stuff panic, yeah kind of 70s movies but i still really enjoy it yeah it's really like it's it's all it feels for a little you. bit more of a studio kind yes. of film like it's got a bit of a stodginess to it but mm-hmm. it's, it's really yeah. it's really well done and yeah those I, I think Richard Donner is like so. he's undersold as like a stylish director yeah. I think he had lo- a lot of stylish director you know I know what made me turn against Richard Donner was his Michael Crichton adaptation um, Time oh well, Timeline yeah was I that Sam Worthington that, that was in it it was like some yeah, like Paul Walker dis- oh it was Paul right? Walker yeah. yeah some disposable hunk oh ooh yeah. Yeah. disposable yeah, hunk Paul Walker I love Paul Walker I love Paul Walker Tammy and the T-Rex yeah no Paul Walker I felt I was actually really sad when Paul Walker Yeah, passed, me too. You know? uh, so, uh, speaking of Rosemary Baby and uh, problematic things, Fearless Vampire <laughs> yeah. Killers is out from Warner Polanski, Archives. Yeah, uh, and it's interesting because Polanski's made a couple of new movies in the last few years that have gotten no distribution. No, here. none. Nobody's touching yeah. them outside of Europe. They still mm. love them in Europe, but... Man, they're not even that good. I mean, they the gave ones. him uh, the director prize at Venice. This yeah, year, right? but you know, so. that was a year because what won? Joker, Roman yeah, Polanski, and Nate... Um, what's his name? The guy who did Birth of a nation. Uh, um, Nate, uh, I don't remember what his name whatever, is. Yeah, the guy asshole. that uh, he made another movie. <laughs> he actually made another movie. <laughs> yeah, and it won an award, and it played at Venice. That is bananas. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Don't look up. Uh, that guy's so terrible. I'm glad we don't really remember his terrible, name. Yeah. yeah. Nate, uh, Nate Parker. Nate Parker. Yeah, that's, that's right. Oh, great name too. <laughs> 
So, uh, Felix Vampire but Killers. Polanski, yeah. You know <sighs> it's what? a great movie. I've never actually seen this Really? Movie. And I love Polanski. I mean, I love Polanski's yeah. movies. I don't love Polanski. Mm-hmm. But I was always a big Polanski fan. And this is the one I've never seen for some reason. It's very funny. Is it good? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's his parody of Hammer Horror films. Right, yeah. But it still kind of treats it seriously at the same time. Okay. Yeah. And the other, I mean, Polanski stars in the movie as well. I know, doing yeah. most of Which the I actually don't mind. I mean, yeah. I love him in The Tenant. Oh, he's great in The Tenant. Not as a person. Not as a person. You know, that's the thing. It's getting harder and harder to separate. Yeah. Him from his I wonder if he gets any money from these releases. Like if Fuller's Vampire That's Killer a comes good out. Good question. Yeah. He must get royalties, right? Like you can't mm-hmm. put it out and not, not give him royalties. Unless there may be le- like weird things because he is mm-hmm. there's a warrant for his arrest in America. Mm-hmm. So there may be certain rules that are in place that he doesn't get any maybe, money. Yeah, yeah. You might be right. But yeah. I'm I'm a little shocked. Oh, well, maybe I'm not sure. Because Fearless Vampire Killer's still been around. Because I kept assuming like people have been asking for like when's the tenant gonna come out yeah. Blu-ray for years. It only exists in some out of print mm. DVD. And I always thought, like, at this point, like, I don't know if didn't it come out recently it. or no. no. Okay, that feels no. like one Criterion's like we're putting. Well, out that's the, the t- thing. I always thought Criterion because they, they did Repulsion a few. They did Repulsion. Um, they did Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, they did Cul de Sac. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if now. why is Tenant the one that they're like we can't touch that one. I, I guess know. now it's, been out it's of print like for no. So, yeah. long, so maybe it was a rights thing. But mm-hmm. now I don't know. Or, yeah. But now that, you know, Warner Archive... Tenant's so good, too. I know, I do love the Tenant. So. You have it for rent, right? We None do, of that money do. goes to him. But so be come very rent careful it. with our disc. It's, like, on the verge of death. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it rents so much, and it's so, like, yeah. long out of print. No Super. Paramount had it I saw a 35-millimeter like, print when Sinsu oh, showed it. that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Fearless Vampire Killer. Super fun. I haven't seen it in years, but it's, like, very yeah. colorful, hammer horror-like. Yeah, I'm sure and, it looks yeah. pretty good on this new transfer. So, uh, so Kino... Oh, no, one slipped through the cracks. Did we have Yes, Sudden Terror, directed by John Uh, Howe. Don't know much about this movie. Me neither, yeah. but I love John Howe. He yeah. directed um, The Incubus, which yeah. is yeah, from yeah. Vinegar Syndrome. There's a great uh, <laughs> a special feature right? on yeah. it, directed by Justin McClue, yeah. where I interviewed the cinematographer. Uh, he also directed Watcher in the Woods, which I haven't yep. seen. He did uh, Twins of Evil, one of like the hammer horror films that people love. Yeah. He's like one of the, I feel like he's like a stodgy British director, so people don't talk about him. Yeah. Like, and he's probably viewed as kind of a journeyman, but mm-hmm. he does have almost an Argento-ish kind of style to his okay. film. So I'm, I'm curious to like check a out crime thriller, yeah. right? But it stars uh, Mark like Lester. Thriller, yeah. yeah, it stars Mark Lester, and I was like, yeah. Mark Lester, the director Mark of uh, Lester. Commando. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, yeah. unfortunately, it's That's not him. Idea. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think they gave it a commentary. They gave it like you know, yeah, special edition the, kind of treatment. The Kino thing. Uh, Scarface is out, gold edition. How many editions of Scarface oh, God, do we man. need? We had platinum. We <laughs> yeah. had limited. Oh God. Been Soon they'll just be like a little bit of cocaine inside of it. Well, did you see? the new like collector set too remember how no. they used to they put it out in the, that humidor once before <laughs> did they yeah, oh yeah when it came yeah. from like cigars and stuff now like that. they have this big globe thing it's over uh, oh yeah <laughs> it's, it's the massive. world is mine globe which yeah. nobody's bought yet I have not watched Scarface I mean, since my boondock day uh, Saint uh, phase as a kid <laughs> yeah I haven't seen it since I was a teenager mm. I really liked it. I mean I loved De Palma yeah. I really loved it as a kid don't know how much it holds up. Yeah. You know, I mean, In, instead of getting Scarface, you should buy, I don't know, Passion. You're yeah. a big fan of that one? <laughs> uh, I, I don't like Passion. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, what is the uh, what is the fast footage the one he made? Redacted. I, I do like Redacted. Oh, you did? I am a Redacted apologist. I'll say that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I, it's, it's crazy. They must be selling them because they keep putting these. Yeah. Well, the big thing out. is it's on 4K Ultra HD. So it's the first. Oh, time. is that what it so is? I think yeah. that also. Pro- I mean, it is on mm. Blu-ray and DVD in the stupid limited. They set, need but, that. Like, once upon a time in Hollywood, Al Pacino yeah. bump. 
Yeah, that's the thing. But you know, it, it'll it's selling well on UHD because mm. everybody's everybody's buying UHDs nowadays. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, Wind Splitter is being put out by VCI. I didn't yeah, know anything about know. this. Me neither. I just thought it looked interesting. It does. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it's funny because on the website VCI listed as one of the first acting roles of Toby <laughs> yeah. Hooper of the Texas Chainsaw like, Massacre. Oh, I'm like, oh, we've oh, all been waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. It's but they actually went out and there's like a commentary by the director. That's a cool yeah. poster. Very Euro crimey poster. Oh, but totally, I actually yeah. couldn't find that much information on it. Like no, I was really either. surprised. So yeah. this is VCI going in the vault and they're I, like, I like VCI's yeah. like, little one-off DVD releases. I do. Like VCI stuff. is a company that like sometimes they'll just do like Mill Creekish stuff where they'll just like release stuff. Yeah. Like tons of it. But other times they'll be like, oh, you know, we'll do Dark Star and we'll make it like a big special yeah, edition. Or like edge. Pearl River, the Leg Fighter. Yep. So I'm glad when they do that and they mm-hmm. kind of like get their um you know, feet wet a little bit exactly. with trying special feature stuff. I mean, speaking of Mill Creek, uh, they put out Ultra Q and the Ultraman box yeah. sets in two versions. In two versions. Normal steel ones. Books or non steel yeah, books. You know, if you listen to this podcast, <laughs> our uh, opinion of steel books, they're more expensive. Uh, so, not our thing. Have you sold a lot of steel books? No. No, didn't say I think so. we've only sold. But I never know because sometimes the steel books do really well. Mm. And so, it's hard for me as like a product buyer because yeah. I'm like, I think this will do well, but I don't know how many of which format will do better. Mm-hmm. So I should just bring in the same amount of either, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Well, like, Ultra, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so Ultraman, everybody knows what that is. It's actually yeah. super fun. It's like the original series. Yep. And Ultra Q is something that people don't really talk about. It's essentially, it was their attempt to do Twilight Zone shows, but okay. there's just a, a giant monster in every episode. It's yeah, kind of cool. like the X-Files, actually. Yeah. It's like a team of people, like, solving mysteries. And there's, like, okay. a giant monster. And it's in black and white. So it actually has, like, a textural difference yeah. to the, like, comic book stylings of Ultraman. I have an old DVD set that Shout put out that was ridiculously expensive. It was like $50. Oh. And now it's actually oh. very reasonably priced. Yeah, I remember in, getting an Ultraman DVD yeah. set that Mill Creek put out mm-hmm. in like a bargain bin for like $3. At a dollar store, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. And they used to do volume cool, one yeah. and volume two. Yeah. And I, I have both of them, so. but now they're reasonably priced. They and, are, and it's nice. They look nice. And looking yeah. at the box, it doesn't look like Mill Creek did the no, uh, stacked they, in, uh, which I is how the Ultraman. some are. real cases now. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> how about that? And yeah, so if you have any interest in Ultraman, I would check it out. It's actually really it's good. Priced, yeah, yeah, it's it's good for kids because it's something you can put on in the morning. It's English oh, dub, yeah. very colorful. So yeah, definite recommendation. All right. So uh, like we always do, now we move on to the new stuff. New movie. We can just go yeah. through it really fast. Um, this magnificent cake, which it was like J Kids Kino. So I'm like, ooh, yeah. this looks like a kids film. It is not a kids not film, a kids from what film. I can see. Yeah. You no, know, G Kids. They call themselves G Kids, but they are not they, for kids. I mean, they put out like Perfect Blue and stuff oh, did like they? that. You yeah. Know? It's just like the anime line. Usually yeah. Shout Factory actually mm. has the collab with them, but for some reason Kino has the rights to this one. So And so this one is a, a stop motion animated film about Belgium occupied Congo. <laughs> it's an anthology film. Yeah. It looks really uh, it looks cool. weird. Yeah. It looks like Brothers Quayish. Yeah, um, definitely. Mixed in with, uh, I don't know, Sven uh, Mike. I'm saying his name Sven wrong. Sven Sven, yeah, 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 the yeah, guy who did Alice and stuff like that. I had never yeah. even heard about this. It played Me a bunch either, of festivals. Um, popped up, but in the weeks before it came out, there were a couple customers that came in and were talking about it. Oh, really? So we're recommending it, so hmm. I, I should check I it out. Then playing some festivals, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cinema Libre is putting out At War. I know nothing about this movie. Stéphane Brise is a French director that people like. I don't know. He's another one. Like we're talking about Claude Sauté. Yeah, he's another yeah. one of those like middle of the road kind of like art house filmmakers. Yeah, his stuff always plays mm. tiff here, and then kind of like well, get, gets lost in the mass of French. Yeah, films that come people out. don't I, like understand that like yeah. France has its own like film industry. That like yeah. films will be popular that are not like exactly. they come out on DVD like this, and this is how we 
talk about them. Yeah. But other than that, that's pretty and much it. I think it's probably a big deal in France. Yeah. It's got big French stars in it and everything, mm. and it's got those like festival yeah. laurels all over I mean, over I love uh, Bertrand Tavernier, who does a lot yeah, of French exactly. films. Something and like nobody that. ever talks about him in North America. Yeah. There's a great box set that they put out, um, him going through the history of French film. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, I think yeah. you guys have Blu-rays of it. My journey through French cinema. My journey through French cinema. So if people are interested in discovering like a side of French cinema that people don't usually talk about, I recommend that documentary set. Because this guy, yeah, I've seen a couple of his mm. films, and they're they're good. They're I like, feel like I can picture what yeah, they you are. Know <laughs> yeah. Exactly what they're like, um, but no, they're well done. Uh, Crawl, the Alexander Aja film, which yeah. kind of came to cinemas and left. I saw it when it yeah. came to cinemas. Super fun, great Halloween fun. film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't like it quite as much as his Piranha. <laughs> oh, I don't like Piranha. <laughs> really? See, yeah, I, I know that's Piranha. a shocking. I'm a big. Piranha I feel fan. like he doesn't go far enough with Piranha. Interesting, because I didn't. He doesn't like he kill didn't any go kids. Far enough with Crawl. He doesn't kill any kids in Piranha. That's true. That's and true. I hated the bros that you have to hang out with for so long. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a bro. I feel like it kind of flips that on its head a bit. I do love Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, I do love Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, that was fun. And I remember the 3D didn't do much for me when I saw okay. it in theaters. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was it was gimmicky, but <laughs> and, I don't know. I had a good time with yeah. it. And this one I Piranha felt was... Piranha DD all the, yeah, all the way. Hate, oh, that was awful. Speaking of movies that you hate, yeah. Ooh, I hated Piranha <laughs> DD, yeah. Um, but this one, yeah, I liked it. I, uh, I thought it didn't... It took itself a little more seriously than maybe I would have liked. There's some, but, like, some of the father-daughter stuff. Oh, I like that. It was Barry Pepper. Me. Yeah, I know people really like that. It didn't totally work for me, but... It's like a claustrophobic um, kind of animal attack film. People don't know yeah. the premise is that uh, father and daughter get trapped in a basement and there's, like, alligators around yeah, them. During a hurricane. During a hurricane. So the water level is rising, yeah. so they're going to drown if they don't get out. But I think that with the secret sauce of this movie is that Sam Raimi produced it, mm-hmm. and you can feel yep. his influence with, like, bodies flying oh, all yeah. over the place and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. yeah, And the crocodile kills are really good. Yeah, there's, the there is a gore, um, like, gag that comes out of nowhere in the movie yeah. and doesn't seem to affect the character that yeah. much. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which is great, um, so, yeah. And the I, acting is good, yeah. yeah. I, I did like Barry Pepper in it um, I mean, and, and the lead actress who I'm blanking on. Yeah, she's very this. good um, in the movie, yeah. yeah. And uh, it, also an appearance of the star of, um, uh, what is it, St. Maude on a phone. She's the sister that she calls. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, she's okay. pretty big. She's in a bunch of movies. Yeah. I can't recall her name. It's actually a very difficult name to say because yeah I'm very bad with names you're better than but, me so that's how like yeah. bad we are here um, come to me later and after it'll come like yeah. right as we yeah. reach the end of the podcast you're <laughs> like oh yes of I'll course. just say it out loud and then nobody will come. I can say all the movies like she's also in um, the new David Copperfield uh, oh, remake okay. that's coming out so yeah I know the movies that okay. she's in she's gonna be a big star yeah that's right um, uh, Devil's Revenge is coming out from Cleopatra <laughs> The, the, the chat. Yeah, I the mean, chat. Do we like the chat? Anymore? William Shatner like, in a Velocipaster style role. He just annoys me. I don't know. He does? Like, yeah, he's, well, because he's like pretty, like, isn't he pretty conservative now? Too? Oh, is he? Yeah, no. He said like a, for a lot of like really shitty things on like Twitter and stuff. Not not that like. Yeah, you know, I just don't follow that stuff. Yeah, just I mean, either. I remember it came up. Not that I even really care about mm. William Shatner, but I remember for a while he was being held up as this like everybody loves William Shatner. Shatner yeah, and now like I the just Betty feel White like he's of old, uh, he's this like cranky old man now. Yeah, he just like says annoying things a lot and shit. My dad I don't says. know. I mean, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. 
Um, yeah, this looks like a lot very Velasa pastor. You know what's a great William Shatner performance? Roger Corman is the intruder. Yeah. Which is not like Devil's Revenge, but that's like, uh, people don't talk about it enough. It's uh, William Shatner plays a racist that comes to a small town and just kind of like stirs things up Mm -hmm. and how like the town reacts to that. And it was the film, The Intruder, that uh, made Roger Corman want to stop trying to make good movies. Well, (laughs) not stop trying to make good movies, but movies that like he really cared about. So, because it uh, bombed really badly. Uh, There's a universal horror film, Haunt, that came out. Uh, Yeah, that's another Blumhouse. Is it a Blumhouse picture? Produced. Yeah, I think Blumhouse is. Oh, uh, wow. So they didn't even. Uh, they get a lot of the straight to mm. DVD type stuff. I mean, the premise sounds interesting. I mean, it sounds like kind of like the fun house or something. Yeah, or like Hellfest. Or Hellfest. Hellfest. Yeah. Watch it a few weeks ago. Yeah. Actually, is it good? really fun, I except yeah. for its last five minutes okay. where they don't give you the satisfaction that you want. But yeah, it like delivers on its premise, has a bunch of gory kills, kind of like a straight slasher. Like it's not trying to be meta or anything right. like that, which is kind of refreshing. So okay. people dismissed Hellfest um, a while back. You know what? movie that I want to recommend uh, yeah. around that people dismiss and I didn't see Escape Room. <laughs> did you see Escape Room? I did, I did. Oh, it's good, man! It's good! <laughs> I I like parts of it. I, I, oh. I didn't, I didn't love it. I, four yeah. stars. Four stars like out of five. Yeah, yeah. The, the Rube Goldberg-esque rooms yeah. and stuff. Like, I'm always a sucker for that. But I, um, you know what? People said the characters were annoying. I actually enjoyed them, except for the one yeah, asshole guy. I didn't mind the And it has, like, yeah. a um, uh, I love the collection. And yeah, by too, uh, extension, the, um, what, the collector. The collector was first. Yeah, right? the collector was the collection, first. And I didn't like the collector yeah. first because it has a downer ending. Okay. But that is like solved yeah. instantly in the collection, yeah, right. which is one of the greatest sequels of all time. And Escape Room has a setup where they're like, the next one's going to be like I the know. collection. But you know what? The ending and like the setting up of sequels oh, love it. killed it for me. I hated that. Oh, I everybody so hates stupid. the ending of Escape Room. Yeah, but they're so making stupid. a sequel. I know they are. And yeah. uh, <laughs> Escape Room ends in a way which is like, it is so goofy it's and it's so setting goofy. up this like giant world. I loved it. I loved it. Maybe I was just sick of this whole world building really it's just like it just like it feels like everything's trying to be a superhero movie but now thought, where it's like this yeah is, now we get the escape room extended but universe i thought escape like, room was uh, good because i like the characters they were actually worked together the entire time yeah, yeah. the rooms are really fun yep uh and uh the surprises there's some stuff that actually took me like oh wow including a fun inversion on a prologue that yep. you see in the movie yeah. so yeah no fair i i didn't uh dislike it i just yeah maybe i had higher i kind of went into <laughs> higher expectations yeah, like, yeah no i, I love the taking of deborah be, like, uh, really like, fun you know and, i thought I it was really know. fun when yeah, i posted my review on letterbox people were like yeah i love escape room too and like very quietly because that one got a lot of like one half yeah, star one and a half star which yeah. is like but it made a lot of money right? it did so made a lot it made yeah. a lot of money which is maybe why my reaction is a little bit more um ebullient is that a word? I think Ebullion? it is. Ebullient? Ebullient, yeah. yeah. That then most uh, people, because it's like, people shit on it so bad. Yeah. Same thing with Hellfest as well. Yeah, which is that like, got shit reviews. But yeah. when, when it came out here, people really liked it. People were there you go, it. yeah. Like, this is actually really good. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten around to it. Um, the Haunting of Hill House, the first season, directed by, uh, I guess, Mike mascot Flanagan. of the show, yeah. Mike Flanagan. <laughs> Talk live at Mike Flanagan. Uh, I mean, this is great if you watch it on Netflix and there's like a bunch of director's cuts episodes. Yeah. We did commentaries on them as well. So I think it would hold up to a second watch. He hit a lot of ghosts in the background. I know. So. I, I haven't finished it yet, actually. You gotta I'm finish like, it. I know. I'm, I'm getting a lot of a little bogged down with it. Yeah. The point. But I, I like a lot of. Did you get to the so one far. take episode? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. It's a little gimmicky. Ah, yeah, so, but yeah. Why, you don't like gimmicky stuff. 
It was a no. little too show off. It uh, felt too stagey yeah. to me. I didn't, I didn't ah, love it. Love it when it's I feel stagey like they're in kind of face. spinning their wheels in that funeral home. Right uh, now. So yeah. also, uh, The Lingering. It's a horror film from released by Wellgo. Did you see it? Oh, you made a face. This. Is it a Canadian film? No, it's Chinese. Uh, um, oof, no, it's, it's very Chinese. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. What does that mean? No. I, yeah. Sorry. That sounded really bad. Um, no. It just in the fact that it's very like. Listen, your Chinese sponsors are going to pull out. Mandated Ooh, Chinese. Like, that's it's, brutal. It's awful. Yeah. Uh, it's got a few good scares at first. Mm. Like, they definitely, it seems like they know what they're doing. Yeah. And then it culminates, the the, the ending, the twist ending, yeah. completely makes everything that happened before make absolutely no sense <laughs> at all. At all. Like, Wait I don't a even minute. know what they were thinking. Wait. And it also ha- How did she see um, the him get a blowjob from ahead? <laughs> Not the little throw uh, for, you know, Alexander Aja fans out there. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's like high, te- no, high it, tension. It's exactly like that. It's really? one of those twist endings that you think back like wait a second nothing makes sense and high like, tension they try to be not even like a surreal sort of thing it's like no it actually makes sense I like sense high tension anymore. where they're yeah. like oh she was just imagining that story it's like that doesn't work though you can't do that I still like high tension as ridiculous <laughs> yeah, as that yeah is, I like but. yeah I, I remember uh, when I saw it the first time that did yeah, uh, yeah. and I was like it should have been called by its original <laughs> title Switchblade Romance oh yeah I hated that <laughs> Uh, Marianne um, and Leonard, Words of Love. Uh, don't know yeah, what this is. It's Nick Broomfield's new documentary. He did like uh, Kurt and Courtney, uh, mm. Biggie and Tupac. And oh, okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's kind of like a muckraker type yeah. documentary. So this is about Leonard from... Nimoy, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, I don't know who Marianne uh, and Leonard Cohen and oh, yeah. his muse or something. Uh, enough I don't know. Leonard people Cohen really, documentaries. Love Leonard Cohen. They love Jesus, Leonard but... Cohen. I don't know. Oh, wow. I, I, Taking a stand. You're I a Dylan did. head, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I don't mind Leonard Cohen, but mm. I, I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of Leonard Cohen DVDs that come out. This was supposed to be good. I think it played mm. at TIFF. And I have liked Nick Broomfield stuff in the past. Yeah. So. You love that muck. You love that gossip. I do, yeah. I don't know. I don't agree with all of his theories. Like, I think yeah. Kurt and Courtney is basically about him trying to, like, expose that, no, Courtney Love murdered Kurt, 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 uh, Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Which I don't believe for a second, mm-hmm. but, and I think was actually really that's damaging. Weird. But yeah, that's that that was like a real like conspiracy theory thing that went around, but that movie really that was a big deal at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Biggie and Tupac, I find more interesting. And, yeah, yeah. And so uh, Ulysses and Mona uh, sticking on that like two names. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Released by a, Film Movement. Yeah, this was a TIFF. Yeah, uh, it's got a lot of quotes. Being like, it's kind of like Wes Anderson or like. Oh no! Like, <laughs> Get it away or like from Alexander me. Payne. You know, that, <sighs> like this thing's a road trip thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I Film know. Movement does a lot of. If we didn't have Film Movement, all these like I festival am. films would just disappear. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. I'm glad that they're around to like put this stuff out. Yeah, they have another couple out this week mm. too that I just they're like even more obscure so yeah. I left them off the list because I, I don't know what to say about them but they put out a lot of world cinema that you're right would yeah, get yeah. out film movements uh, hunting bargain bins everywhere yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also have Stuber uh, speaking of Canada's yeah. own, uh, wait, who directed it? It's the guy who it's did Michael Dowse. Michael Dowse. <laughs> I like Stuber. It was fun. Okay, yeah. yeah have I've you heard, seen it? I haven't. I heard wildly mixed things. So about the trailer it. Yeah. doesn't actually give the premise of the movie, okay. which is that Dave Bautista gets an Uber ride from Kumail Nagiani, but. Dave Bautista just got laser eye surgery, so he's essentially Mr. Magoo for the entire right. movie. I, okay, I That's the premise that. of the movie. Oh, okay. And it's really fun. It's like a fun action comedy. Uh, Eco from the Raid films plays the villain in the oh, picture. Right. Yeah. yeah. So there's a, like a few look, better than uh, Mile 22, the last oh, uh, American Eco film. I saw it with uh, my girlfriend Emily, and we had a blast the entire time. Okay. It was like really fun, and I feel like it did get shit on a lot. Yeah. And speaking of Lethal Weapon, very in that Lethal oh, Weapon. Is it? Yeah. Okay, cool. There's a really fun. Um, um, 
fight in a, a sporting goods store that actually utilizes all the like gimmicks in right. the sporting goods okay. store. And movies never do that unless you're a Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. <laughs> yeah. So Which is definitely great. would. If you want like a comedy, especially if you're going home for like, I mean, Thanksgiving is past, but for holiday or something, Stuber is like a great one that like the whole family can okay. enjoy. Kind of like Blockers that came out a few years oh, ago. Yeah, right, and right. Oh, Game Night is another oh, okay. comedy that uh, I would show to like, oh, you know, a little bit of older people. Yeah, don't want to challenge them too much. Or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of edgy, Three from Hell, oh the new God. Rob Zombie movie. This has, without without lying, has been the most popular movie this week. Apparently. Wow. We have been flooded with people coming in, wanting Three from Hell, buying it and everything. I didn't realize Rob Zombie was still like such a big thing. I know this is a follow-up to Devil's Rejects. Devil's Rejects, yes. So I guess there it does have some yes. carryover. I mean, I didn't really like The Devil's Rejects. Like <laughs> you whispered that. I like, I don't like. I, I watched it recently. I, I liked it a lot more than the first time I saw yeah. it. Uh, mostly because it's like it's a mad, mad, mad world of shock cinema, which is a magazine I really like that interviews like C-list actors. Okay. So like every person that shows up, you're like, yeah. oh, look, it's um, uh, what is it, Piper Laurie or yeah. yeah, like people like that. And I do, I really like Rob Zombie as a person like, I like I think his he's really as a film fan yes. yeah and I think I love that he he yeah gives roles mm-hmm. to a lot of like scream queens yeah and movie actors or Zed movie actors from like the 70s but I've 80s, said but. this before is that like Rob Zombie feels like he's someone that was bullied in yeah. high school for liking horror films yeah so his reaction to that is like oh yeah well these are serious it's like and pushed just... to the extreme that's like all right Rob like yeah. I mean the one before that what was it called uh uh, the like ha- no 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 or? the um like the maze one that he oh, made 31 31 not garbage. good yeah, yeah. and I, I was expecting evil clowns in this movie and they're like barely even clowns <laughs> yeah they're just like it's so serious the same kind of hillbillies that are always in instead you should watch uh slashers the canadian film have you ever seen that one no oh man i, I remember it, hearing about it's directed it, yeah. by maurice Devereux. i'm probably getting that name mm-hmm. wrong he's a canadian guy he made end of the no, line right. yeah. uh if you remember that film yeah. the like j-horror ripoff one and slashers and it's okay. about a bunch of contestants in the Japanese game show okay. and there's a bunch of clowns but the gimmick is it's one long take like right. a rope style take uh, with like okay, hidden edits okay. in it super fun um, I mean if you you don't have it in the store so yeah, you can't watch I'll take it a, I'll take a look I'll try yeah. to bring it in um, it's a lot yeah, of fun yeah so three from hell I mean people love it people love it apparently I haven't seen it I mean I started it I and I was like get outside uh, with these characters I'm, no my, my I hate prob- them so much my big problem with Devil's Rejects is I felt like there was an expectation to sympathize they, with these there characters was and that's what bugged me this time I so vile that there's and they weren't even, and I'm okay with like antiheroes. Yes, and, like, but they are so vile in Devil's Reach. But they're so vile, and that's okay. Yeah. But then the end where they're like, you know, free bird, free bird, and they're just supposed to be these like American outlaw antiheroes. Like I don't get that at all. I find not only do I find them vile, I find them extremely annoying. Too, yes, and I just if it's more of well, them, honestly, I do love Sid Haig, and he is Haig, not but, in this movie. He has one scene because yeah, he was sick and he passed yeah, away. So which is unfortunate. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, people like it. They love that Rob yeah. Zombie. I love Halloween too. Rob Zombie. You know, Halloween that's the, one of his films. I haven't seen yet. And yeah. I, I hear that it's actually it is good. banana. Yeah, I Shot on that. Super Sixteen. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's super fun. Okay. I really like Lords of Salem. I'm just gonna throw that out. No, I know <laughs> oh, people. I love I Lords Rob of Salem. Fans Except don't like Lords of for Salem, the last five minutes. Oh, I love the last five minutes. So I think Lords of Salem. It actually kind of soured Rob Zombie on trying different things. Interesting. Because yeah. Because people hated it. Hated it, and it was supposed to be a big release. Kind yeah. of tanked. And uh, yeah, because he was supposed to do that. Um, was it the Pittsburgh movie? Yeah. What, uh, Flyers yeah, yeah. about the uh, um, the enforcers, mm-hmm. and he was also supposed to do. Uh, 
um, the last few years of Groucho Marx's life was a right. product that was announced. I would love to see Rob Zombie ta- tackle that kind of material. He, because now I feel like he's just gone with Stuck 31 in his niche. and yeah. now this one. It's just gone back to the way he was. But yeah, I remember seeing Lords of Salem at TIFF at Midnight mm, Madness. Loved it. F- he loved it. Yeah. And it was filled with Rob Zombie fans. And on the way out, I just heard people talking about how much they hated it. Really? Rob Zombie fans. Oh, that was stupid. That's the uh, worst movie. A... Even two friends of mine I went with that were huge Rob Zombie fans. What did they want? Didn't like did it. Did they want just like And I don't really like Devil's Rob Rejects? Zombie's early stuff, So and I liked it. So maybe it's just like, I don't I know. I think House of a Thousand Corpses is a fascinating failure. Yeah, and okay, I think Rob yeah. Zombie would admit that it's a yeah, massive exactly. failure as well. I so. like the, you know, yeah. the enthusiasm behind That's the right. a little bit. Like so. a drunken, bloated Chris <laughs> yeah, Hardwick. Exactly. Yeah, basically. Dr. Satan! Oh, God. Okay, so now we recommend i mean we haven't talked about enough blu-rays and dvds I know. uh stuff uh, an old blu-ray that we'd like people to check out what do you got uh, mark i got i mean it's not really a special edition or anything but it's the spooky it season. is a special edition this is commentary it? by yeah, david okay. uh can't say i always so, say co-op and that's not how you say no, it cap, cap right yeah so this is a Mordecai spooky himself. late 90s movie that i really like and i feel like doesn't get a lot of love stir ba- of echoes it was very because of six sense six sense yes and granted it is kind of similar to the sixth sense it does rip off the shining a lot too mm. it's definitely got its influences yeah based but on a richard I, matheson i think uh, it's frankly i think it's scarier than the sixth yes sense. i think it's better than uh, the i like sixth the sixth sense but <laughs> this i find way scarier mm. it always scared the crap really the hypnotism scenes scared mm. the shit out of me when i was a kid the movie theater yeah hypnotism anyway kevin bacon's really good in it um it's just a really good late '90s thriller, a horror movie that David Kep, who is mainly known as a screenwriter for massive movies like Jurassic Park, yeah. Mission Impossible. Wait, wait, wait! He also made um, what is the Trigger stuff. Effect? Trigger Effect. He made Secret Window. Secret I, Window. He's made a lot of. Speaking of Stephen King, yeah, I just yeah, I said yeah. Mordecai before. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Ghost Town with Ricky Gervais, which I actually liked. Uh, uh, I liked Ghost <laughs> yeah. Town's funny. Not scary enough not for scary, me. Not scary. I wonder if he's like like. Does he want to do more Stir of Echoes stuff? Know, like yeah. what? It's a really taught thriller. He wrote like, uh, Panic Room, he did, which I yeah. always remember because he does commentary with William Goldman on the right. three-disc special yeah, edition. which I have. And he says something interesting that I've never heard a screenwriter say is that he writes his scripts without any dialogue mm-hmm. at first to see if he can get the story without any characters talking, which made me think, did he write Mordecai that way? <laughs> <laughs> what does that look like? Right? <laughs> well, in any case, I would say Stir of Echoes is probably his best directorial mm-hmm. effort, in my opinion. And, you know, we have it for rent. We also have a fairly cheap Blu-ray to buy, which is loaded with some special features and stuff. Oh, so wow. Okay. I would say it's great for the spooky Halloween mm. season, honestly. Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, something else that's spooky. Not, uh, not really. Uh, <laughs> Abel Ferreira's The Addiction, yeah. which is his, um, I guess, kind of uh, metaphor uh, movie about yeah. drug addiction. And also, he hates academics. <laughs> um, about yep. a woman that gets bitten by a vampire and she turns into a vampire self. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it ends with a hilarious massacre it where does, yeah. a bunch of uh, teachers get murdered. <laughs> yeah. but like a bougie party. Yeah, yeah. bougie party. It's great. It's black and white. There's a new uh, release by Arrow Video that's like crisp and clear in a way that it never has been. Uh, Abel Ferrer dire- directs some demented documentaries on that on oh, that disc yeah. where he's just like mumbling through um, like I think like stuff as found on does, YouTube. As he does. And there's great Christopher Walken like scene in it. Basically. Yes, there is. He's interviewed on the Blu-ray yeah, as well okay. by Abel Ferreira. Yeah, I forgot 
forgot about that Christopher yeah, Walken. It's like one scene, scene. Mm-hmm. but it's, cool. uh, it's really fun. And um, on DVD, uh, I can go first. Uh, yeah, go for it. So I was looking at the shelf of um, DVDs that were released only on DVD, and I was shocked to see No Surrender, a Scott Atkins film. People don't know Scott Atkins is a martial artist. Mm-hmm. He's a British, super fun, and uh, No Surrender is an Egyptian film that goes under, I think, I believe, a different title that yeah. Scott Atkins does not star in. He's in it for like 15 minutes as the villain. But you but wouldn't think that. You would not know company. that looking at the DVD. This is shameless from BBS Films. BBS for you. <laughs> Nobody will see this movie and be like, ah, yes, I was satisfied. Because if they rent it for Scott Atkins, they would be instantly disappointed, yeah. which is why I want to recommend instead Avengement, which is uh, directed by a guy named uh, Jesse V. Johnson, which I'm kind of lukewarm on most yeah, of his films. Right? Yeah, he's a stunt coordinator turned director. Right. But Avengement is like, he's focused. It feels like he storyboarded the film within an inch of its life. So it doesn't have that kind of, a problem I have with his films is it feels like it's shot with multiple cameras. Yeah. And this one doesn't feel like that. It's very direct. And like its vision is very crystal clear. And it has amazing violent action films. You may see it and you're like, oh, is this like a snatch tile picture? It's not. It's almost kind of like, what do I want to compare it to? Maybe point blank, like those movies yeah. where it's kind of like experimental. It has a flashback structure to it. Right. But with those Scott action, brutal action scenes. What yeah. do you got on DVD, Mark? Uh, for me, I got, uh, I'm going to keep it spooky. And something uh, that came out last year on DVD, but was out a bit before that uh, streaming and everything. Indie film called Hell House LLC. Yes. Found footage movie. And I know found footage is way overdone. Mm. Even I was sick of found footage for a long time. I have a guy who watches every found footage yeah. that comes out. Wow. I'm like, you are what a, a sick man. A yeah. I used to watch a lot of them and then I just got burnt out. This one, I feel like, does it pretty well. It kind of reminds me of like the Blair Witch Project. Mm. Some of the ones that were just better. Just about a troop of kind of annoying characters yeah but, but you know but they're uh, they, they go they, and have a they grave put, encounter yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> i do like grave encounters though yeah um they put on interactive haunted houses mm. around so they found this like this abandoned yeah. hotel to put on a haunted house and then so it's basically they're chronicling them yeah. setting it up and everything mm. and then there's a framing device where there's like the news of like there was this big massacre or some yeah. something happened on opening night you're not really sure what it is and they have like news reports yeah. on it. and then it goes back and you see all the oh. footage leading up to it really well done and they do a lot of really creepy things on mm. a really low budget I mean there they were use the found footage Shutter, the well. streaming service we speak no streaming services here but yeah. they actually produced two of the sequels yeah. that went direct to their service totally so, yeah. I saw the second one second one's not as good yeah. I don't think um, still okay but... and you can't see the third one because you don't believe in streaming yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the first one is really good though a yeah. really cool low budget horror film and the DVD they put out actually has a lot of cool stuff on yes. it it's got like director's kind of <laughs> what is this label found footage, found footage critic, critic. <laughs> yeah it's like I've, I feel like it was just created to put this movie out mm. I, I feel like it's almost a self distributed yeah. kind of thing not to be confused with the very bad The House That October Built yeah. which, which is I also found seen, I have I hear is really bad <laughs> real bad yeah <laughs> not see and that a sequel one. that seems to be made up of outtakes of the first yeah. movie <laughs> yeah we rented it as a two pack oh dude so yeah that's what I own. Nah, maybe I'll be giving it away at a certain <laughs> event that's coming up. Oh, actually, I should speak of that. I'm doing a 24-hour horror film festival, if you live mm-hmm. in Toronto, at the Grand Gerard uh, Grand Theater. Gerard. It's going to be 24 hours. It's 20 bucks. That's nothing. Nothing. And it starts nothing. at, ooh, I forget. Is it six or seven? I believe it may be six. Um, I wish it started at noon. That's okay. the perfect time yeah. to start a 24-hour. But, you know. And um, so 20 bucks. You come. You can see all the movies. You can leave and come back. You'll get, like, a little bracelet. But if you stay the entire time and you don't fall asleep, 
It's free. You get your money back? Yeah. Beautiful. I may have engineered it that uh, maybe some movies, which I think are fantastic four-star films, will put you to sleep. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Um, uh, maybe you'll survive. So, recommend if you live in Toronto, come to that. Um, I'll be giving prizes at the end of each screening. Oh, so, wow. yeah. How can you miss this? How can you miss this? How can you miss this? And other than that, Shocktober. Yeah. Which, um, if you come to Bay Street Video and you yep. say, hey, I hear you guys, like, if I say Shocktober, I'll get a free rental. You will. You will. You get two free rentals. Yeah, two for free rentals October. for our so month of October. Come, come take in, advantage of it. Say it, and it, new releases, old releases, yep, doesn't anything. matter. Doesn't two, need to be a spooky for the movie. Month, yep. Yeah. Come and you do just it. You just had to set up an account. To set up an account, you just need a credit card and piece yeah. of ID. So bring that in with you. Mm-hmm. And that's basically it. Awesome. Um, and I want to do one more plug because yep. this Saturday is uh, International Video Store Day. That's right. Um, so even if you're not in the city, if you know, if there's a video store around you, they're probably participating in it. Discounts, Mark? What, what are the discounts yeah. you're offering? So we're offering a bunch of discounts. Like a bunch of percent off, we yeah. do like a blanket kind of percentage mm. off new stuff. We have a lot of like kind of reduced for final sale stuff that we're blowing out for fifty percent off. What? So you can get a lot of cheap. cheap uh, stuff. I'm not around. <laughs> I know. Um, doing uh, like uh, rent one get one free mm. kind of deals. We're pulling out a lot of like sort of rare stuff we got in the back. Hopefully that is kind of. I don't know. <laughs> All these copies of Hopefully Mordecai. It's kind of, yeah, I know. Shh. yeah, it's a rarity. I you swear. should have like. I do you swear. think you could sell like secret uh, Blu-rays where it's like a two-pack but you can't see I what know, it right? is? Yeah. It's a big question mark on it. It's just all Mordecai. Yeah, all Mordecai. Um, but yeah, that'll be this Saturday, all day long. Um, basically, like a, one of our big sale days mm. of the year. And but any video store, kind of in North America, it's good, yeah, it does it. I mean, there's so not that even, many. So even if you're not around us and you're around a video store, they're probably participating mm-hmm. in some way. So so awesome. Yeah, check yeah. out. Um, I guess it's World Video Store Day. Yeah, it's this Saturday. World video Store Day. Yep. Yeah, this. Uh, yeah, and this um, uh, let us know. You, you know, uh, follow us on Facebook. Follow just Twitter as the Bay Street Video. Um, t- t- you tweet from that yep. for this podcast. Bay Street Video. We're on Facebook, Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram, all that jazz. Yeah, check all so. that. Subscribe uh, to us on iTunes. Write us a review, please. Yes, please do. We still have none. Please. <laughs> Just write us a review on iTunes. The tears are standing the microphone <laughs> as I talk right now. Okay, so other than that, uh, my name is Justin Clue. We'll be back next week. Yeah, and I'm Mark Hansen. Uh, Bay Street Video. Where is it? 1172 Bay Street. Bay all right. Um, what did we Did we figure out what we wanted to say? Keep renting. Keep on renting. Keep on renting. That's we'll right. We'll come up with a better <laughs> one. what you want to watch. These movies and many more are available at your local video store.